Woi woi, woi woi, woi woi. Then it then go on the radio again. Yo, if you wanna smoke free weed, go board yourself. You need to go plant a seed. Go board yourself, make your knowledge increase. Go board yourself, go board yourself, go board yourself. Hey guys, welcome to episode number 60 of Grow Bud Yourself. We have a great show for you guys this week. Uh, first, we're going to chat with uh, longtime cannabis activists Rick Thompson and Jamie Lowell about a situation in Michigan. Uh, our interview is with veteran activist and entrepreneur Mario Ramos of I Bud You. And uh, we're going to be talking about uh, pinching, pruning, and training for bigger yields and answering listener grow questions. So we're very excited about episode 60. It's brought to you by Rocket Seeds, Sweet Leaf Plant Nutrients, and Excelsior Extracts. So stick around, episode 60 coming at you. Hey you guys, I really wanna thank our sponsors from Excelsior Extracts. These are great friends of the show. Uh, great friends of mine for many years, incredible growers, incredible people, and they have made some incredible products as well, including their THC-infused pain rub. And you know it works because you're talking about people who are real, true cannabis medical patients that are making this. Just want to shout out Outcast and, and uh, TOH. Check them out on Instagram at Excelsior Extracts. That's E-X-C-E-L-S-I-O-R-E-X-T-R-A-C-T-S. Excelsior Extracts. DM them if you're interested in trying out that pain relief rub. Tell them Grow Bud Yourself sent you. And uh, yeah, man, thank you to uh, T and O from Excelsior for sponsoring the show and being just such great friends and supporters. All right, welcome back. Episode 60 is coming at you. And uh, as always, thank you to DJ Jacques and Winstrong for the incredible tune. I uh, love it. Gets stuck in my head and I uh, think about it all the time. So thank you to those guys. <laughs> Episode 60, Mike, what do, what do we got for uh, for number 60? Yeah, man. Well, um, I'm Mike. He's Nam. Welcome, you guys. Grow bud yourself. And uh, according to a recent poll... 60%, a whopping 60% of Americans think that uh, cannabis should be legal for both medical and recreational use. So that's pretty incredible. That's an overwhelming amount of support. And it also matches our episode number 60. Excellent. Excellent. I like it. I wish the number was higher. But, uh, you know, when I first got involved in uh, cannabis activism, that number was much, much, much lower. Uh it was, you know, if, if not in the teens and 20s. So uh, it's we've come a long way. I think, you know, a lot of that has to do with just showing people that the, you know, legal states are thriving and doing well and that the sky didn't fall and the kids are fine. And I think, you know, that goes a long way because those fears were instilled for 70-something years into people over generations. And, uh, you know, not just through... Uh, propaganda, but really through intimidation and throwing people in jail and, and, and ruining people's lives over and over. And then they'd say pot ruins your life. It's like, well, yeah, no, duh. If you're going to, if you're going to arrest me and throw me in jail for it, then yeah, 
Sure, but... Uh, that, that will indeed ruin my life, yeah. <laughs> but to me, it seems that it's the law that's, you know, that's ruining your life and not the uh, the consumption of a flower. So, uh, right. so yeah, we've come a long way. That, that number, you know, it'll keep creeping up, obviously, of course, but, uh, you know, it's nice to I've see... Seen, a- I've seen some polls where it's a little higher, uh, maybe a little lower, but about 60% uh, support recreational and medical uh, legalization, which... That's pretty great. Absolutely. We're up to 19 states now. Connecticut just passed, uh, you know, went or went legal, I guess, uh, July 1st. Uh, yeah, 19. Big... But you have, I think to get to 19, you have to count South Dakota and Montana. And I personally am not prepared to count either state <laughs> just because <laughs> of the issues that have been going on there. But you are right. you're right in that 19 states have either um, passed legalization legislation or their voters have approved um recreational pot yeah yeah and more more on the way you know it just we just keep adding adding states and eventually uh that'll go national and we'll add other countries in the world so yeah i mean you know the momentum's there so that's great and yeah any any other uh any other marijuana news cannabis uh news nuggets out there <laughs> Yeah, there's, oh man, it's pot, man. There's always a news nugget or two, but there were um, just a couple of quick stories I thought that we should tell the people about before we get to um, our first of two excellent interviews in this episode. Uh, The first story I wanted to bring up is that Apple is now allowing uh, cannabis businesses on its app store, so it no longer bans, say, pot delivery uh, services from being in their app store, whereas Google continues to ban uh, pot stores from their uh, from their apps. Wow, that is interesting and unfortunate for Google and good on Apple. But, you know, I mean, these tech companies, it's funny because they have so much, uh, you know, to to thank uh, cannabis and psychedelics for. You know, if not for the those uh, substances, the technology would probably be uh, not quite where it is at now. So, uh, and that's a fact. I mean, if you go back into uh, you know the history of of how these companies were were founded and built, uh, people were doing drugs, you know, and they were smoking cannabis, they were taking psychedelics, and uh, having breakthroughs to build these billion dollar brands. Uh, on those substances. So uh, it, it does seem a bit hypocritical for these tech companies now to look back and, and say, oh, we're going to ban cannabis delivery companies. I mean, it's just, you know, they, they get, uh, if anything, they should be aware of, of the times and, and be uh, of, of the moment, you know. I mean, it's pretty outrageous when a company like Google can, can discriminate against cannabis brands or you know peep instagram kicking people off uh of the platform for legal cannabis you know or just uh, you know and also the, the shadow banning that google is accused of uh you know a lot of people believe that um that cannabis uh, businesses that don't actually sell pot but just maybe report on it or talk about it uh don't show up so much in searches and uh, and things like that uh, so that's that's interesting as well. Yes, absolutely, and yeah, in, in just, that it affects us. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah, well, I mean, I was kicked off of Instagram, and and you know, some people are able to get back on. I didn't get back on. I had to change my name and start fresh. And you know, it's, it, I can imagine what a setback that could be uh, if you're trying to build a brand or, or a company. It, it's uh, you know, it's devastating and uh, so unnecessary. It's such just bullshit. Yeah, it's just strange because I think people people generally can deal with um set parameters you know if there's a rule where you're like hey if you do this then this is going to happen but the problem that i see with instagram and some of these other things is you never know when it's going to hit you don't know what the thing is that actually causes you to get kicked off and i think that's insanely frustrating for people yes agreed 100 percent. it's it's very arbitrary and uh you know and you know some of it is people reporting uh, their competitors and things so that there's a lot going yeah, on there but there's some hateful uh, stuff yeah well anyway so uh, interesting point yeah about the hypocrisy of um of tech banning cannabis and other illegal drugs when those drugs played a big part in developing that very technology um but good on apple for approving those cannabis stores and their apps the other story i wanted to just uh, dip into briefly and this actually uh, very loosely ties to our first interview um, in that both uh, stories take place in Michigan or uh, touch on Michigan. And essentially, in this case, uh, a couple was driving from Michigan with their 18-month-old baby. And when they arrived at their in um, at the mother's in-laws house in Alabama, shortly after, you know, they I think they stopped for lunch or something. The cops came. They found cannabis on them. The the couple had cannabis in their trunk, and they ended up um, arresting them and taking their child away. So the kid, this 18-month-old kid, is now um, living with foster parents in Alabama while the couple from Michigan fights to try to get custody of their kid back. The, the kid was taken away. And on top that, of that, they were also charged with uh, something called felony chemical endangerment and that's a law that was meant to target parents who were exposing their children to meth labs but they were they're being charged with that because they had cannabis in the trunk of their car uh and an 18 month old baby so yeah yeah that's that's just awful what a what a nightmare for them for those parents uh and you know to me, that just indicates like never go to Alabama for any reason whatsoever, because <laughs> any place that could do that uh, is barbaric. It's absolutely barbaric. And I think of, you know, I, I, I don't think of, of American states when I when I say that, you know, I think of places, um, you know, like Bali, where you can get executed uh, for cannabis or, you know, I, that, you know, that's what I, I think of places like that. But here it is, right here at home. Uh, complete hypocrisy and uh, barbaric actions by police against uh, citizens. That's uh, just so wrong, so wrong. It's it's really an incredible story. The family, the the husband and wife, are actually living in a tent behind the in-laws' uh, uh, house while they fight these uh, charges and try to get their child back. But, but their baby was taken away from them because they had pot in their trunk, which 
Admittedly, while that is legal to have in Michigan where they're from, it is not in Alabama. That is a state, you know, a, a difference in state law. Yet another reason why federal legalization is so important. But, you know, to take a child away because of this, it's just, it's insane. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and also an, an, an another breaking news thing uh, happening now, basically, uh, U.S. sprinter uh, Shikari Richardson, who is an amazing uh, runner, amazing person, uh, is now uh, can't compete in the Olympics, the 100 meter race, uh, because she tested positive for THC. Now, uh, apparently, uh, she says that she uh, was using THC to cope with her her the death of her mother, which she found out about from a reporter asking her a question. So, uh, again, it's just insane the level to which the hypocrisy rises. You know, cannabis is not a performance-enhancing drug. Uh, this woman uh, was using it legally in Oregon. Uh, you know, technically not you know legally for her because she's not supposed to test positive for it. But I don't know. To me, it's just insane that you know. Uh, you think of Ross Rabagliotti, the snowboarder who had his medal taken away after testing positive. He won a gold medal and had it taken away. Uh, you know, and that was Japan. Very archaic laws. But this. Again, same thing, you know, we're just, uh, we're just dealing with a lot of uh, the stigma remains and, you know, there you have it. And it, it doesn't help when you have companies, cannabis companies, working against our best interests either. And I think it's something that we wanted to have uh, some activists from Michigan, uh, Rick Thompson and Jamie Lowell, on the show to talk about uh, e even yet another level of hypocrisy, which, uh, which is companies actual you know organizations uh of dispensaries uh some multi-state operators and some just larger uh cannabis dispensaries that are now uh banding together to support attacks on home grow on the rights of patients uh, medical patients on the plant counts on the sizes of the plants the canopy levels all of it and these are com cannabis companies uh that are attacking uh, home grow rights in Michigan and beyond, because this is happening in other states as well. Uh, but Rick and Jamie are here to talk about what's going on in Michigan, uh, what we should know about it, what we can do about it, and uh, how we can be aware that these, you know, these companies uh, may not always all have our best interests at heart, and the ones we support should be the ones that support us. So, so what do you think? Should we, uh, should we? Should we go to our interview with uh, Rick and Jamie? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, without, without any further ado, why don't we uh, speak with Rick and Jamie? All right, welcome back. And we are uh, pleased to have longtime cannabis activists uh, from the Michigan area and uh, also guests on the show previously. Uh, Rick Thompson and Jamie Lowell of Michigan. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Hello. Thanks for having us. Yes, absolutely. And I know you guys have been pretty heavily involved for many, many years in uh, the politics of, of, of ending prohibition in Michigan and, and uh, have seen some great progress. Uh, but apparently now there's uh, some type of a, a caregiver boycott happening. Uh, I guess they're proposing some some 
uh, cutting some of the the home grow rights and things like that. I don't. I'm still a little confused about it. So I was hoping you guys could enlighten me as to uh, exactly what's what's been going on there in Michigan. Well, we have a trade association called the Michigan Cannabis Manufacturers Association. They're very influential, even though they're small in number. Uh, they've proposed cutting caregiver cultivation rights by up to 80% and cutting patient cultivation rights by up to 75%. Uh, and they would do that simply to eliminate a market competitor of theirs. Uh, naturally, we've had the caregiver system here in place for 12 years, and we don't believe there's any need for changes. Uh, I just interviewed the director of the Marijuana Regulatory Agency yesterday, and he said exactly the same. They're not asking for the legislature to make any changes. So this particular trade organization, uh, acting on their own, has drawn the ire of caregivers, patients, and just regular citizens all across Michigan, uh, and they've enacted a, a boycott of sorts. It's decentralized. Uh, but it's extremely effective, and we see the effects by the, the retiring of the president of the MCMA uh, and him removing his company from there. They had to take their entire website offline for a period of time and scrub it from any corporate identifiers. Uh, they've suffered in the marketplace from loss of revenue, uh, loss of reputation. And in fact, the, the trade organization is so disliked, their membership role is a secret. We only know five of the 13 members of the MCMA, and the rest of them would like to keep it that way, I believe. If I might jump in here, we've been dealing for a long time with this situation, which is uh, uh, the desire for a small group of people to try to control the market. And it's been happening all over the country. The first time we dealt with this was in 2009, right after the passage of the Michigan Medical Marijuana Act, when a senator, Senator Kuypers, introduced a bill to eliminate the caregiver system in home grows in lieu of like 10 large you know, distribution points or something like that, which uh, you know, has been a theme you know, throughout the years. And we've been battling something similar. This is just the most recent incarnation. Um, and uh, I just want to point out that it goes beyond caregivers on the language that they are circulating um, with the state legislature. So this is not just us being concerned of big corporate takeover stuff. They actually have language that's tangible that describes what Rick said about caregivers, reducing plant counts, making more burdens and restrictions on them. But it also goes on to try to make it more difficult for small businesses to succeed. So they kind of show their ass. It's not about some concern about patients and that the medicine should be tested and all that kind of stuff, as they do say. Um, it's about shutting down all activity that's not them ultimately yeah uh, it just seems so strange to, to see cannabis businesses uh that are you know discouraging home grow because it might cut into their market and actually you know cutting these these uh caregiver plant counts patient plant counts and adult use home grow so this affects pretty much anyone who wants to grow their own, which is pretty much everyone who listens to my show, I would imagine. So I just think uh, it's, it's, it's so strange because every once in a while you see uh, a dispensary that encourages home grow and their patients love them for it. And you can try the strains uh, that you want to grow. Uh, they'll sell you clones in some of these places and uh, even grow equipment. So it would seem that it would be benefit everybody, you know, that if patients were growing their own, that the dispensary could, you know, could not necessarily view that as competition and maybe just see that as something great. And I mean, I, I wonder what the end game here is. I mean, if you cut the pa patient's count, plant counts, and then they get busted, I mean, are, are they going to go to jail? I mean, is this what these companies 
would promote is 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 harsher laws against home growth so to encourage people to go to dispensaries and buy mass-produced uh, MSO product? Well, I think that's exactly the end game, actually, Danny. It's important to note, too, that not all businesses in Michigan follow this uh, this guideline, this anti-caregiver guideline. The largest uh, cannabis trade association in the state, the Michigan Cannabis Industry Association, over 300 members, has, uh, has made... Uh, it very clear that they don't want any changes to the caregiver program, that their their members are doing just fine, and that there isn't a need. I know Jamie was going to jump in just a moment ago. No, some of them, some of these groups have made it quite clear that they'd like to um, raise more funds for there to be resources for police to enforce uh, an activity that's outside of the commercial system. Essentially, now one of the things we argue is that there does have to be recognition that there's some things going on outside of the system that, that aren't within the licensed scheme and that type of stuff. It might stand out, you know, maybe those has to be addressed. They don't have to be addressed with police showing up and doing paramilitary attacks uh, and taking all of their items of value and arresting them. It can be done civilly, and it's been done successfully civilly in Michigan and Lansing. They hear about this activity like a private little place where people are going to get cannabis. They show up and say, cut this shit out or we're going to lock the building down for a year. And it works. They cut it out. You don't you don't have to go through the rest of the uh, criminal kind of processes. You know, it's just cannabis. It just seems like this. There's no zeal amongst society to rekindle the war on drugs. It also seems like a losing proposition to try and, and ramp up enforcement actions. Remember, when the the government had all the king's horses and all the king's men, they still couldn't stop cannabis. Remember, we we, we uh, all they ever did was make it more available and less expensive. So what we've learned is that that type of enforcement action doesn't actually suppress the market. All it really does is cause harm amongst the people that it touches. And there really seems to be no basis in fact to suppose that people who have their caregivers ripped away from them would actually then give retail money to the people who are responsible for their caregivers being taken to jail. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, we as uh, consumers and patients need to vote with our dollar, you know, and basically frequent the places that support our home grow rights if if you know if we're there to to you know purchase in between harvests or whatever it might be support those companies and also boycott the ones that that stand in our way uh and stand in the way of of patients home grow and all that I, um you know this is happening in massachusetts this is happening in other places uh what would be you know your advice aside you know outside of people being you know voting with their pocketbook and and support supporting the places that uh, that are on our side and boycotting the ones that aren't is, is you know, how, how, first off, how can people find out which companies to support and which ones, uh, you know, are on this uh, boycott list? Well, there are two different things going on simultaneously. There's a list of companies that are being, uh, let's just call it sanctioned by the community in order to discourage people from participating with them. That you can find on Instagram. Those memes are everywhere. The second aspect of it, uh, you can primarily find on my Facebook page, Rick Thompson. Uh, that's a list of companies that have made a pledge to support no changes to caregiver rights. Uh, so when you have the the community acting in a multi-headed fashion like this, where we have several different ways in which we're going about the problem, we're more likely to be successful. Jamie is very intimately involved in helping to establish some of the publicity that's been surrounding this particular uh, boycott, Jamie. Yeah, well, I just want to, you, you inquire too, Danny, about what other things people can do. And um, 
we are the, the advocacy organizations and uh, individuals who have kind of been around the block a few times are definitely beginning to organize a little bit so people can contact their local state representatives and senators and uh, get our side of the story out and our opposition and why, you know, to these potential changes, because this particular lobbying group, MCMA, is going to be doing the same over the summer and preparing to make some moves in the fall. If this type of language, these types of restrictions and unnecessary burdens start gaining some serious tractions, this boycott can be amped up a few notches and it's successful as it is. So those types of things are on the horizon too. Perfect. So so the average Joe can basically, or Joe or Jill, can, can uh, frequent the places that are supportive, uh, boycott the ones that uh, you know, aren't uh, encourage the ones that aren't to join up and and you know fight the good fight rather than uh, fight against homegrown rights and 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 that sort of thing, and talk to their politicians. I mean, I think you know people obviously politics has a very bad rap right now, but the, they need us to get elected, and if they know there's enough of us out there uh, that will vote against them, they uh, they will respond. Um, so your what, your advice to people in other states who may have a similar situation, because this is happening in more places than just Michigan. My advice, you know, of course, would be to to uh, I'm sorry, Jamie, I just keep jumping in first. Here. Uh, my advice would always be to watch the progress of your your brothers and sisters in other states and then steal shamelessly from them those tactics that work. If uh, if something that's being done in Massachusetts reaches my eyes in Michigan, that means it's got some legs, right? If, uh, if I hear about a program in Texas that, that is really uh, uh, knocking their socks off, I want to bring that technique here to Michigan as well. So the best thing we can do is learn from each other. And then don't hesitate to reach out and talk to the leaders of those particular movements in different states. Very seldom are you going to find someone in our community that says, no, I don't want to help you be successful at securing freedom for cannabis users in your home area. Yeah, so, you know, exactly what Rick says, this, these, these approaches have to be in the air. Each state has its own set of circumstances and abilities for people to do. Sometimes policy has to go through the legislature and that's it. And we're probably stuck getting started with something a little more conservative than what the people would have approved on their own. In Michigan, we got to use the ballot um, to create, I think, a pretty progressive program. And I hope that that helped to set up states after us, such as New York, which which uh, has a great program and, and um uh, and it's taken what was the most progressive and improved on it in some areas. Uh, we hope to keep that going instead of the more uh, conservative side of it going. But I also want to point out, too, that there are some of these licensed brands that have like hooked on to some companies to be able to license their products in Michigan and other markets. Some of those are affiliated with some of these boycotted companies, and those are being called out a little bit um, as well. And uh, just not to be too self-serving, but a company that I work with, uh, the botanical company in Michigan put out a statement um, early, and I and I and I believe first making the pledge to not buy any of those products, sell any of those products, and to use smaller companies and and uh, you know create our uh, our inventory apart from all of that stuff, and that was well received. Nice. Well, yeah, that's uh, great info from you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, we will continue to monitor the situation. Uh, also, can you let people know? Uh, just in general, you know, what you guys are working on as far as uh, what you guys are, are up to? Well, between Rick and myself, we're on uh, several shows every week. Um, but we do co-host our own show together called Jazz Cabbage Cafe, which, of course, you've been on. 
and uh, that's four to six on Tuesdays Eastern time. It's on our, it's on Facebook and YouTube, and then on all the major you know podcast platforms. Independent of that too, we we also have uh, I'm on the board of directors of Michigan Normal. Jamie is uh, in a leadership position at the ASA chapter here in Michigan. Uh, we both write separate columns for a publication called The Rolling Paper, which just celebrated its two-year anniversary. It's a Michigan-centric, distributed through cannabis retailers type of a publication. Those are always fun. You know, it's it's great to... Great to have a local flavor and, and to be able to write stories each month that impact uh, people that otherwise wouldn't get to have the news delivered to them. All right. Well, hey, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, Rick Thompson and Jamie Lowell, uh, Michigan uh, Freedom Fighters, uh, fighting for home grow and much, much more. And, uh, yeah, thanks for keeping up the good uh, peaceful battle and uh you know, continue in, in your efforts. We, we support you 100% and uh, we'll continue to do so. Many thanks, Danny. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys. And uh, we will be back with more Grow Bud Yourself. All right. Yeah, it, that was a really uh, informative uh, interview. Glad we had those guys on. Yeah, indeed. Great, great interview. And uh, we have another great interview uh, with a veteran uh, activist and entrepreneur, uh, Mario Ramos of I Bud You. Uh, he's going to be talking about uh, his years in the military, uh, building his brand, and a really bogus bust that happened uh, for which he spent over a year in jail as a nonviolent offender uh, who is a military veteran. So, uh, yeah, without further ado... Uh, why don't we take a break and come back with Mario from I Bud You. Hey, you guys, I want to tell you guys about a sponsor of ours, Rocket Seeds. Uh, check them out at rocketseeds.com. They have a ton, I mean, over 500 different varieties of cannabis strains available. Uh, high quality seeds, great genetics. Uh, they ship worldwide, which is very important, uh, reliable support, and they also ship for a variety of different seed banks. They've got feminized seeds, autoflowering seeds, regular seeds, uh, CBD seeds. A lot of people are looking for that. So check them out at rocketseeds.com or on Instagram, rocket underscore seeds. They are awesome, and we are really happy to have them on as a sponsor. So check them out, blast off, and get your seeds from rocketseeds.com. All right, welcome back to Grow Bud Yourself, and uh, we have an exciting guest for you guys this week, our old pal Mario Ramos. He is a veteran, uh, an activist, and an entrepreneur in the cannabis industry. If you've ever seen the I Bud You uh, stickers, you know who I'm talking about. Uh, he, they're ubiquitous at every cannabis event and all over uh, social media. So uh, he's got a very interesting story to tell. Welcome, Mario. Hey, how you doing, guys? So happy to be here. Absolutely. Now, um, so Mario, you you're a, a New York City guy. Uh, you got involved with cannabis, I would imagine, at a pretty young age. Very young, yes. So I was like six, sixteen, and I was involved. I found out the High Times magazine in the basement while I was playing Manhunt. 
And uh, you could, <laughs> it, I, it was a pile of Playboy magazines and a pile of High Times magazines. I got the High Times magazines. My friends ran away with the Playboy magazines. I fell in love. <laughs> I fell in love. After that, wow. there was no turning back. Yeah, it's, it seems like fate. Um, but then you also uh, ended up serving in uh, the military. Tell me a little bit about that process as well. Uh, yeah, I was uh, I was uh, born in, you know into the I was an '80s baby, is what they call you know, and um, that uh, crack was real big in the '80s, you know, and it was like wiping out a lot of my friends. A lot of people were getting wiped out, literally. Like they were either going to jail, they were dying, they were. It was it was horrible. So uh, a friend of mine came around, uh, looking real good in his uniform. It was a Navy uniform, so I joined the Navy first. I did four years there, and then I switched, and then uh, I liked the Navy. I was in the USS America, and uh, I saw some Marines come in, like I was already leaving, and I saw some Marines, and I liked that uniform too. I ended up joining the Marine Corps, and I did uh, 12 years in the Marine Corps, 16 years altogether. You certainly saw uh, parts of the world you probably would not have seen otherwise as well, I would imagine. Definitely not. Like, never thought, you know, uh, when I joined... Uh, you know, it wasn't a war in 10 years. <laughs> and all of a sudden when I got there, it's like, you get a shift out, you're going, that's it. You know, so, saw combat, saw, saw, it, saw it all and uh, was part of it. And ended up coming back from over there. And, to, and, you know, I would come back here and there. 1996, I came back and I opened up a, a hip hop store in the Lower East Side. I still was in the military. My brothers were running it. And uh, we went to, a lot of people know it, uh, uh, we did it with Burkina, who's real famous in the Lower East Side, we did a big hip hop store, it was, it was amazing. You know, I love the graph, so the graffiti, so I always, uh, we did a hip hop slash art store, you know, for the graffiti artists. We had the spray cans, we had the markers, the unis, the minis, it was pretty good, it was pretty good. Then, uh, then I signed out in 2004 of the Marine Corps. Came back and did and, uh, and did the, um, the store full time, and uh, there, right there, I came back into the into the scene. Ninety six, California went legal. I was like, oh, I'm going to California. <laughs> Still took me a while to get there, but uh, it actually took me to like 2010 to get to California. And uh, there, I, that's when I started. I bud you the company. I started. I bud you, which was like. Um, Graffiti and and cannabis together. I was always putting the art together, and so when I put that together, I put uh, I started doing the sticker, the I bought you sticker. I did the heart. We were we were we were growing in New York, and you know how that was, real low key underground. We were growing, and we had some people cutting. We were cutting. Um, we were curing the, the plants, and this girl goes to me, "Hey, look, this weed looks like a heart. This bud looks like a heart." So I said, "Let me see." And we played around with it. We took a picture, put it on the internet, and I think we got like the first hour, we got like six hundred thousand hits, and and then it just blew up. <laughs> yeah, we were like, "What the hell?" And right there, that's why the sticker was born from there. And so we put this all over New York City. We would throw at underground parties, and started doing instead of speakeasies, we started doing the weed easies, and. Uh, the first one was at Bar 13, rooftop party. That was real good. We, re- we really uh, we had a good time there. Amazing. So 
And then, uh, you know, so you're chugging along with uh, iBudU, and you basically, you know, helped kind of jumpstart this whole sesh industry where people yes. will, uh, you know, rent out a space and, and, and have uh, vendors and people coming in. And um, it's really kind of like the, the modern day farmer's market for cannabis in a lot of ways because people yeah. can showcase their products and, and it's very mom and pop and small business oriented. That's right. It's a, right? Well, people who are on the ground. That's right. Very mom and pop. That's how we like it. Special vendors that will come out. And, you know, like they have to take a chance because it's a weed easy. So, you know, it's like we have to take a chance, real low key, friends only. When we first started it, I would only let all the vendors invite 10 people each. It's like you couldn't invite everybody at the same time. It was 10 people each, no more than 50 people. And we would be so nervous because everybody wanted to smoke. And that was the whole thing. You could smoke. So we were like real light about it. We grew it all the way to like... 3,000 people now uh, could pass by them and we you know how to take care of it and everything. And we, uh, yeah, that's how it started. Uh, we started with uh, a bar 13 there. That was the first person who said yes to us. So we would do the, it was three floors. So we would do like uh, the regular floor, downstairs you could rap, you could get on the mic. Second floor was the graffiti. And the third floor was, uh, you could light up because that was the roof deck. So you could, you could smoke and could have the vendors and all that. And that was uh, was real good. We had real good people backing us up, and uh, you know. And, it, and then it went on to the first time that I ever tried a dab. That's when your baby was born. I never forget it because we were like all hanging out, and you were like, "Hey, my baby, I, I, my baby's about to be born. I gotta get out of here." And Sean came with like a big freaking uh, glass plate of it, and I was like, "Here's this." I was like, "What the hell is this?" It was golden. It was so beautiful. It was so pure. <laughs> and I got dabbed out. I felt like a spider web on my face. <laughs> i never forget that. And you left. You left because the baby, your baby was being born. I was like, what? So I don't know. How, how old is the baby now? Not a baby no more, right? <laughs> he, turned, he, just, he turned 11 in May. <laughs> so oh, that must have been right ago. around 2010. <laughs> That's right. 11 Indeed. years ago. Oh, wait, wait, wait. So... Hold on one second here. So, so Dan, Dan, your child is being born, and you're oh. you're doing dabs at a high times party while your poor no, no, wife no, is no, in no, labor. No, 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 no. I was there. <laughs> you it were was at away. the office. We, my, yeah, no. no you were at the I office, was there though. when my baby was yeah, born. Right. I, I went to the, I went to the hospital. This was, uh, my wife was induced, so I knew it was going to happen. This was all planned. Oh, anyway. Go. Uh, yes, I was there. No, I was not dabbing when my son was born. <laughs> I was at the hospital. This this is prior to that happening, uh, but you know, probably same day. Um, yeah. You know where we were at the office, but uh, you left. You left. I, you that went to go. It, that would make that that would make your, your first dab would be right around May thirteenth, May twelfth, or thirteenth uh, of uh, of two thousand ten, because yeah. <laughs> that's my son. Two thousand ten. There you go. But, uh, now I, I, yeah, we're, we're so. <laughs> So we're having fun. Uh, you're, you know, being an activist, you're an entrepreneur, uh, you're doing some growing. And then uh, basically, uh, you know, tragedy struck around 2017 and there was a raid, right? That's right. 2017, we had a big art gallery uh, studio in, in Brooklyn and Bushwick. Uh, we were doing real good. We were doing, you know, it was real art, real 
real beautiful that what we were doing. Uh, everybody was saying that the you know it was going to go be um, legal, and so New uh, Jersey starts screaming out. Um, Governor Murphy starts screaming out that in the first ninety days of his election, uh, if he wins, he was going to make it uh, legal. So he wins. Everything is good. He's screaming it out that it's going to be legal. I remember him waving a freaking uh, uh, wearing you know marijuana flag. You know, so happy. And so I said, oh, you know, it was it was uh, you know like a Thanksgiving time, the day before Thanksgiving. I end up going to Jersey, 2017, November 22nd, and I go to a friend who's doing uh, you know he's doing um, he's growing, and um, I go there, and uh, you know since I, since I know about it, they call me, hey, come and see this, you know, we're like we're, we're in a sort of situation here because it's not going the way we wanted it to. And we were supposed to open up a lounge there, a store. He was going to cut down the, the plants. It was going to be his last grow because he wasn't happy with it. And, and he was going to go legal, go lounge, get the, get the license, and, um, and, you know, go legal with it and make that space a lounge because he saw how good we did at the lounge at 175 Bogart. So, he's, you know, he saw what we were doing there, so he wanted me to go over there and uh, talk to him. But that's not what happened. When we walked in, uh, the, the detectives, the police officers had already heard about the little the little place. It was the first time, I, you know, it was the second time I've been there. And when I walked out of there, they arrested me. They arrested me with a couple of people. Um, everybody was like, you know, what the hell's going on? We all thought it was going to be, you know, it was the, the governor screaming out. It's, le- you know, we approve weed here. Like, he's screaming it out. Like, it's going to be legal. So... Keep my mouth shut, just the way the High Times articles used to say, you know, like if anything happens, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> uh, your lawyer mm-hmm. came to the rescue. Everybody was good. I uh, ended up having to do a year and four months, in, uh, a year and 48 days in jail that time, waiting for, the, you know, people to do it. The prosecutors tried to give me life in jail. The first day they told me life in jail scared the hell out of me. But I still had my chin up in the air. You know, I was like, you yeah, this is a little crazy what you're saying. And so, they, you know, it went down from a life to 25 years, 25 years to 15 years. And then it went down to um, to like seven years. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, you know, like seven years is still crazy. Like, what are you talking about? What, what was the charge that they were, uh, what were they charging you with? Well, first they were trying to say kingpin. Kingpin. You know, like that I was a kingpin type thing. But... The, a lot of people talked about themselves, and then they found out, you know, this guy had never even been here. They couldn't prove any. There was no pictures of me there. There was nothing of me there. Uh, they held me because they said I had a California license. So how could I be from California and grow in Jersey? So it didn't make any sense. It wasn't sticking what they were saying. So that's why they kept lowering things, you know? Right, right. And, and, and from my memory, I mean, let me wrap my mind around this again. Uh, a, a United States veteran uh, who served 16 years uh, as you know a, a uh, in the Navy and Marines yep. uh, shows up at a uh, shows up at a grow a couple times, gets charged with basically running a grow in New Jersey, a completely nonviolent crime to begin with. That's right, uh, and you're innocent of of even that. And end up having to do over a year in jail and being charged with, uh, you know, ultimately 
charged with seven years in prison uh, and being held for over a year. I mean, I just, I I can't wrap my mind around the fact that that happened in New Jersey with governor Murphy in charge, all because of you just showing up at a, at a grow. I mean, it just seems crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Definitely crazy. Uh, Yeah. And they let me out. So now the, the judge says, listen, Mr. Ramos, um, I have to go through three judges. So the third judge tells me, Mr. Ramos, you are, the legislature's changing. We're going to let you out. And uh, we're going we're gonna to sentence you at a later date because legislature's changing. Because it was just getting better while I was there every month. Articles every single day. You know, it's like everybody's fighting for it. People lined up. They, they signed a petition for me. Over 4,000 people signed a petition for me. So that was real good. And um, so I st- I get out. I'm out for two years. Corona happens. November 9th of 2020, marijuana goes legal, uh, recreational, and medical in, in, in New Jersey. November 12th, the lawyer calls me and says, time served. Come in. Time is served. You're good. Come and get sentenced because I didn't get sentenced for two years. Had no problem for two years. Everything's good. Uh, I go November 16. The judge says uh, everything that the you know 2.9 million people voted, but we do not. Uh, I don't, I, it doesn't weigh on me because growing is not part of the rules. Well, you know they didn't they didn't approve growing, and so you're you're here for growing, and so they still gave me seven years flat. And the two years didn't count. So I, will, I got reprimanded right there. They cuffed me right there. Like, again, I missed another uh, holidays with my family, thinking everything was good. I lost the job that I was doing. I was doing the Amazon delivery service at the time, too. And I lose the job, lose the, you know, my whole family, my friends, everybody, everybody just shocked at what happened. And, um, yeah, the judge straight up said, hey, this does not weigh on me that 2.9 million people voted. Yes, I'm marijuana. I was shocked. I was like, I was shocked. And that's why I want to tell people here today and anybody who's listening that this could happen to you, that you have to be real good. I'm reading the, the laws and making sure that you read that law good in your state, because uh, in your state, they, you know, it, it, different laws for everybody. So just comply by those laws, because. It's not worth it because in the next three years, it's really going to be legal. Hopefully the MORE Act passes. Everybody should get involved with the MORE Act. And that, that should help us with the Bank Act so that the banks could take the money too. Uh, you know, write to your to your people. Uh, the one thing that I could say is that when I was in New Jersey, I wrote to over 18 people, the senator, the governor, the um, attorney general, uh, everybody I could get my hands on. And I could tell you that they did write back to me. So people, we have power. People will help you. And, um, and that's what happened to me right now. They helped me, and I got, I'm got. i in a program right now. It's called ISP, Intensive Supervision Program. New Jersey has it. I got picked for it because I never had it. It was a nonviolent crime. I also didn't have any other priors. And well, I did have one prior, which was marijuana, and that was in 2011. And that was for 36 grams a week of pot. So, you know, that happened. But uh, you got to be careful with the laws now because... They are still come at you. The police officers are still not educated. They they were prosecuting us for so long 
that they don't get it. They don't get it yet. It's not. It's not a. It's not a clear case. Oh, it's legal. No, how is it legal? So if they tell you you could carry six ounces, make sure you don't carry six and uh, six ounces and one gram. That one gram could throw out those six ounces and just put you in. It's not like oh, it's legal for six, so I got to have this over. No, you have to be careful with that. So that's what that one thing I want to get across here today is that the kids, the youth, do not mess up your record. You know, don't mess right. up your record. It's still it's it's not quite yet legal in the way you know, and you can still go to jail for it. There's still right. ways to for them to use use these laws against us. Yeah. Um, now, tell me about uh, uh, you know you're involved now with Last Prisoner Project as well. Tell me a little bit about what that uh, what that entails. Yeah, that's my family right there. Last Prisoner Project. They're so amazing. They help you out. They're amazing. The same way you guys are. Uh, you've been working at it so long. You've been telling people how to do it, how to be careful. And um, the Last Prisoner Project right now, they'll help anybody who's in jail. Our motto is, if you're in jail, we're coming to get you. These people are here working 24 hours a day. They, they, they're working while, you're, while they're sleeping. They're working. They, they're pushing people and they're helping people get out. And when you get out, we'll help you when you get out to transition, put you in the you know, reentry program, be able to help you out. Uh, so many programs. And, and we as a people have to not forget the people who are inside. Right now, there's 40,000 people inside jail for marijuana. That all, Some people are making millions on it. Some people are smoking it every day, buying it every day. You got to write letters to these people. When I was in there, when I got a letter, just hi, I love you. I, I you know, I, I, I appreciate you. I, anything in that letter, just say hello. You know, like uh, we're thinking of you. That letter goes such a long way inside there because everything is so hard and slow when you're in prison and you're in jail. It's not the same. You can't just get a make a phone call. You can't just get the mail like the way it is. You, everything is in such a way that. It's just like you're in uh, quicksand, you know, and uh, you, it's very hard. You have to have a strong head to be in there and you don't want to be in there. So my warning to everybody is follow the law. Don't smoke in your car like that. Don't know. It's like a, having an open container. If you have a joint in your ashtray, you know, be careful with that and just don't go to jail. It's not worth it because it's going to be legal. You don't want you don't want to be fighting this. You know, the, the, the judges, the prosecutors, the police officers, in their eyes, they're doing their job. They're helping. That's what they that's how they see it. And, you know, and we're civilized. Uh, we're, we're supposed to be civilized. The laws are changing, but they're still there. So be careful. New Jersey, New York. I don't want to see none of my brothers and sisters inside there. You know, like right now, I'm still part of this program. I'm still dealing with it. And um I just did 90 days uh, of the program. I'm so happy that I'm home. So happy that I got approved, you know. There's people here who, who will help you, but I'd rather not be on this program. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd rather not be on the program. Yeah, so what, what can our listeners do if they're just at home, puffing away, chilling, listening to this? What can they do to help support uh, and make sure that people understand that there's still all these people locked up, all these records that need to be expunged, um, and all these laws that need to be changed so that this doesn't happen to any other nonviolent uh, cannabis offenders or, you know. Okay, so right now, the first thing I would tell everybody is go to the Last Prisoner Project. 
sign the petition, go to the clemency. We have everything there on it. You will go sign your for that. Every all forty thousand people get the clemency. Also, we want to get involved with the Moore Act. You want to be able to be it. Just go to m.o.r.e act. Go there. It'll pop up. You'll see what it's involved. It expunges everybody's record who got uh, hurt by this program. It would, it would just demolish this, all these old laws. And remember, for over 80 years, we've been getting convicted for this. So it's hard to turn the key, you know, turn it. But if we show the power, like like Jersey came out and voted, 2.9 billion people voted. New York, brand new. All the people voted. Let's, let's, let's get it. Let's, let's just go there, sign the, the paper, the clemency, and they will see that uh, that we want it. And if we speak, they have to do what we want. Anybody could get in trouble. So we want these laws just abolished. Right. Absolutely. Now, what about for I Bud You? How can people uh, link up with the socials and, and uh, stickers, products, whatever uh, accessories they might be interested in from the I Bud You LLC? All right. Everybody who comes into uh, everybody who's listening to this program today, go to thebudju.com. Let me know that you listen to the show and that you listening to the show. You're part of it. And I'll send you guys 10 stickers to anybody who uh, sets me up. Go to, go to the Instagram. Free iBudju is the one I have right now. While I was in there, uh, Instagram shut me down, shut the original iBudju uh, account down. I'm still fighting to get it back. I should get it back. And uh, but right now I got free iBudju. And uh, when I was in there, Puff Cards put me up and she helped me out. Go to the Puff Cards uh, uh, Instagram also. They're, uh, at, they're you know fighting for, for the people. Go on that. But go to the Instagram. Tell me that you heard about it. And I'll send you guys some stickers. And you could always go to iBudgie.com also. I got the website going on. Got some stuff in there if you like. Got art. Got the T-shirts. Got the sweatshirts. Got the hats. You know, and then uh, and I'll also let you know the... Undisclosed location for the sessions until they let us do lounges <laughs> in New York. <laughs> so yeah, perfect, perfect. Well, listen, uh, I want to thank you for your service to the country. Uh, I want to thank you for your service to the plant. I want to thank you for uh, having to endure, you know, the time spent in in jail for some for a nonviolent cannabis offense. It's it's. Uh, outrageous. I know we communicated uh, a little bit uh, while you were in there and, and, you know, I expressed my outrage at the situation, but uh, I just want to say that to you personally as well. Uh, And thank you um, for, you know, just all your hard work. And, uh, you know, I support, I bud you forever and uh, all the sessions and everything else. Um, So I bud you guys, I bud you, you know, you're part of the tribe. You, Danny, thank you so much. That meant so much while I was in there. You know, your little words, picking up the phone, that was amazing. Don't forget the people that are in jail. Even if you don't know them, if you even know, you know, it's a friend of a friend, write them a little letter, send them something. A little magazine goes a long way. Uh, go to Last Prisoner Project. They're amazing. Follow the show right here. These, oh, Mike, Danny, you know, they've been through it all. So love you guys. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thanks, Mario. Uh, And we will be back after these messages with more Grow Bud Yourself.
Hey guys, I want to tell you about Sweet Leaf Plant Nutrients. They have an incredible line of organic fertilizers, a brand new legacy line as well, which is organic and some synthetics. A lot of really incredible tools for the modern gardener. So check them out at sweetleaf.com, S-U-I-T-E-L-E-A-F. The code Danko15 gets you 15% off of everything that you can get at Sweet Leaf, which also includes uh, complete indoor hydroponic grow tent kits, uh, a bunch of different apparel and merch, and their signature line of amazing nutrients. If you join our Patreon, uh, you can get even more codes for 20 or even 25% off of Sweet Leaf Newts and other products. I want to thank them for being a sponsor, and as always, tell them that Grow Bud Yourself sent you. Hey, all right. Welcome back. And thank you to Mario uh, for the uh, very enlightening and interesting interview there. It's just unbelievable that that he was even facing that amount of time for that infraction. That that just sounds mind boggling. Yeah. I mean, putting a, a, a veteran in jail uh, even for a year for, you know, growing plants is just outrageous and ridiculous. And, yeah. Just it's a bonkers. A, it's a stain on our our nation's history, you know, just like slavery mm-hmm. and all these other things that are just awful, awful. And you you look back on these things and you think like, how is it, how was it possible that they people could have been so ignorant as to allow something uh, so outrageous to occur? You know what I mean? And 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 hopefully that's the way people look back on cannabis prohibition i feel like that's how they look at alcohol prohibition i feel like that's how they look at um a lot of other things that just you know people accepted in the past and uh we look back and think wow they were dumb about that but i think mario's story is 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 a perfect example of the fact that uh you know we're not out of the out of the weeds yet (laughs) so to speak like it still can (laughs) happen it still can happen to anybody uh, randomly out there. And that's why we got to keep fighting to change these laws and, you know, uh, keep track of what's going on. And like he said, there's still thousands of people in jail for this, for, for, for that. And they need to come out too. Uh, and we need to make their families whole again. And it's just, um, it's all just crazy that this is all, all over, over cannabis. It's, we're talking about a, a healing flower and a medicine and, uh, so anyway, I would just say, you know, support the man and 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 take him up on that very kind offer for those stickers. It is the iconic uh, I Budge You logo, which I think everybody in, in at least in New York and New Jersey would recognize. So, you know, hit him up, let him know that you're thinking about him and um, and get some of those very cool stickers. So we thank we thank Mario for being our guest. And uh, we have now arrived safely into the cultivation segment uh, we yes. don't have a strain this fortnight, but we do, as always, have a, a tip because each week Dan likes to discuss a certain aspect of growing that will help you become a better cultivator. So what are we going to talk about this week? Yes, we are talking about pinching, pruning, and training uh, for bigger yields. Uh, I will mention, you know, to hit up Mario for the stickers, go to uh, Instagram and hit up free I bud you. So F R E E I B U D Y O U. Um, that's the uh, Instagram since the first one was deleted. 
Uh, he's a pot prisoner that needs your support, and he will send you free iBud You stickers uh, if you yes. just mentioned that you heard him on the show. So check it out. Um, yeah. As far as pinching and pruning and training, the reason I picked this topic, uh, just like the last few topics, you know, beat the heat, uh, vegetative stage. This is the time of year uh, if you're growing outdoors, where you know these are the things that give you a bigger yield in the future. So you don't want to do pinching and pruning and training during the flowering stage. These are all things that happen during the veg stage uh, when you're just trying to build a, a stronger and bigger plant bigger root system uh so that you can grow bigger buds but uh the foundation is happening during veg and these are just basically techniques that you can employ uh to have more uh more tops more branches at canopy level uh which become you know uh just drastically increase your harvest when it comes time so um, typically if you have limited space to grow or you're restricted in the number of plants you can grow, uh, again, pruning is a huge benefit. So, uh, it is important to, to do this at the right time. Uh, you can do training. Uh, training is basically rather than, uh, pruning or pinching, you're just basically training branches. So you can use weights to weigh down the main branch, which is a, a really interesting, uh, training method. It basically sends auxins, which are hormones from that top, uh, you know, of the plant, that, that growing main shoot. Uh, and it turns basically a Christmas tree into a Hanukkah bush, for, <laughs> for lack of a better uh, description. But instead of that, like, typical Christmas tree profile where there's a main cola at the top and a bunch of uh, smaller colas, uh, you get a bunch of bigger colas uh, and you keep that main cola. So training is good in the, in that way. Um, you know, I use like sinkers, uh, that you use for fishing when the plant is very young. Uh, and you can start doing, you can start this when the plant is very young. I mean, it could be basically just rooted or a very young seedling. Anything you do, uh, at this point is going to make it a stronger plant as long as it doesn't kill it. So, um, and pruning lower growth is another major thing. So, uh, the, the parts of the plant that aren't going to get a ton of light indoors, for instance, or even outdoors, uh, you, you prune those off, you're actually going to uh, increase how much light uh, energy goes to those tops. So, uh, you know, you definitely want to clean off any old or dead growth or any yellow leaves or burnt leaves or anything like that, for sure. That's a number one priority because those are, invite pests and that's really bad. So definitely... Uh, take off anything that's that's you know dying or or yellow or anything like that. Um, but also, you know, another thing about stripping some of that lower growth, it allows airflow uh, through underneath the plants, uh, and that can really reduce uh, some situ situations where if there's no circulation there, you get mold, bud rot, uh, pythium, all kinds of things can happen. Uh, so it's nice to just strip that off and have a little bit of air flowing through underneath the canopy. Um, sometimes you can also use like, uh, you know, screen of green method where uh, you're basically putting the plants, you have a, 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 a horizontal trellising kind of system of some kind. You can use chicken wire. You can concoct something out of uh, string. Uh, either way, basically it's a horizontal uh, canopy 
where you basically train the shoots, growing shoots into that trellising system and fill those empty holes as the plant is growing. Uh, and then that screen basically spreads those branches apart uh, and gives you a bunch of tops. Uh, that's a good thing to do uh, indoors if you have that, you know, if you need a level canopy. Outdoors, it's good just to have uh, that screen and let the plants uh, spread out through it. Uh, it really does uh, actually spread the branches apart and let those lower parts get more light and fill out and you get definitely get a lot bigger buds. The, the way the plant wants to grow, as I mentioned, is like a Christmas tree style and that's not going to be as big of a yield. So anything you can do to spread the plant out, uh, some people will take sh actual string and tie down branches uh, to either the sides of their containers that the plants are in or, or whatever they can just to pull those branches down and away from the main stem and just spread them out and make it for a wider plant. Um, when not to prune or pinch is basically in the lead up to flowering. Uh, you really don't want to do a lot of pruning during that time. A lot of people have these techniques where they prune a ton of leaves off the plant. And if you do that strategically, you can increase yield as well. Uh, there's that, you know, uh, three pounds of light kind of system where they schwaz or schwaze or whatever it is. Uh, but that's all very much about timing and not so much a very a beginner tactic, uh, but something you can learn about. And it's interesting because uh, what happens when you prune uh, drastically like that all at once uh, is that the plant does, it takes a, a, you know, a couple of days to bounce back. But when it does, it bounces back strong. And that's kind of, uh, if you time it right, uh, that can be quite uh, an increase as well. Uh as far as, you know, pruning and topping, you know, you want to be strategic about, uh, if you're, especially if you're topping, uh, taking off cuts, uh, you, you know, just look at what the, what's happening below where you're going to cut, uh, because those are going to become main branches as well. And there's ways to be strategic about that um, when cutting off the top growth. Another thing that's, that you can do is when you cut those tops off, just turn them into clones uh, particularly if you're growing from seed, because then you'll have a, a, you know, a vegging version of the plant. Should it turn out to be some amazing thing that you want to hold on to, uh, you'll have uh, a cutting of it that you kept in a vegetative stage and you can keep as a mother plant. So that's also very important. Um, you know, after you've cut uh, a plant, it suffers a little bit of damage and it takes a minute to bounce back. So uh, do it strategically and treat the plant, uh, very kindly as well. Uh, if it's dry, when you cut it, uh, give it some water, uh, let it recover. These are the ways that you're going to get a, a stronger root system, a bigger plant, a stronger plant. And another thing you can do besides pr pinching, pruning, and training, uh, is just kind of, uh, you know, my, my friend, my old pal, Easy Gene likes to call it beating up the plants. Although I don't know if that's necessarily politically correct, but he would use a hockey stick and just sort of, uh, rub them across the top of the canopy a bit, uh, and bend, just bend the tops over a little and let them then recover. Uh, and that just strengthens them. Indoor plants don't have, uh, wind and, and, and things to contend with that strengthen them naturally. So this is a way that you can uh, strengthen your indoor plants 
but you got to be gentle and you got to be smart about it. And definitely it's really just kind of like sweeping across that top inch of growth. Uh, and they just sort of bend over a little and then very shortly within, you know, half hour or less, um, they'll bounce right back and, uh, be pointed back towards the light, but they'll be all the stronger for, uh, for having that done to them. So those are a bunch of different techniques to strengthen plants and boost yield. All right. Very good. So yeah, Danny Danko on, uh, on beating off plants and pinching one off. That's good stuff. We appreciate the info. Not sure that's exactly how I put it. <laughs> that's what I took from it. I don't know. But thank you for the grow tip. Um, now it's time to take some questions from our faithful listeners. And uh, if you have a question that you would like answered on the show, get in touch with us. You could email us. That is info at growbudyourself.com. You could also find us on the socials. So um, let us know your question. It will be answered on the show if deemed appropriate. Let's start things off with Chad B. Let's do it. All right, Chad B., uh, he's got two questions. Let's let's take the first one here. Uh, hi, gentlemen. Thanks for the great show. I'm wondering why there is a pH buffering range on super soil or organic soil like Fox Farms products. Does this mean that you don't have to pH balance your water to a particular level? What do you think, Dan? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Uh, there are some soils that you can purchase that are, are buffered or, or basically balanced uh, in their acidity or alkalinity, uh, the pH ratio. The truth about pH is um, different nutrients are taken in at different, uh, at different ranges. So, you know, nitrogen has a different range than phosphorus and, and then potassium and calcium and magnesium, but they all kind of fall within a certain range. So between you know, let's say 5.5 and 6.8 or 7.0, depending, um, they kind of fall in there. Uh, and you know, it's usually typically just a little bit slightly on the acidic side, uh, is where they like it, but, um, the different ones have a different range. So when you say pH buffering range, that's what it sounds like to me is that, um, you know, you have a bit of a, a, a cushion there between a certain range. But should the pH get outside of that range, those nutrients are unavailable at that point. So, um, you know, I, I kind of err on the side of caution. I try to keep it uh, with super soil or organic soil like Fox Farm, as you mentioned. Um, I still do the testing. I, you know, I, I don't want a problem with pH. So, you know, I test the pH of an, a nutrient solution before I add it. And I sometimes test uh, what comes out afterwards just to make sure I'm not having any issues. But um, anywhere between, like I said, 5.5 and 6.8, you're probably going to be fine. Uh, with hydro, you can go a little lower. With soil, it likes to be a little bit on the higher side. I would say 6.0 to 6.8 for soil, 5.5 uh, to 6.5 or so for hydro. Uh, but you know, it's kind of a pocket that you're in. Um, so as long as it's within that range, you're good. I would say, uh, you do have to pH balance your water. Uh, everybody's water is different. So that's really the point is that the soil is the soil and the water is the water. Um, and if the water is well water or if it's reservoir water or distilled or rainwater, all those things make a huge difference. And, um, 
pH is not very difficult to check and uh, a really important thing for the plant. So um, check the pH, make sure it's in range and, and feed the plants and you don't have to worry. All right. Excellent. And uh, Chad also uh, writes, uh, hoping to also get a question answered regarding Cinderella 99 feminized. I've been growing and it seems that the plant twists upon itself. I spend hours a day untwisting all the branches. This is new to me specifically for this strain. I had a couple of them more or less choke themselves out by not untwisting. Uh, is this an example of bad genetics or something else? So what would you say to Chad there? Yeah. Wow. Um, there's a number of things that can cause uh, leaves to twist. Uh uh, different toxicities, nitrogen and other things can cause that like clawing. I also, I mean, it could just be a, uh, a deformity. It could be uh, sometimes exposure to really high heat. This is something that's happening right now uh, all, all across the country, uh, particularly the Pacific Northwest where you got temperatures that are way higher than normal 115 degrees. Um, and so uh they leaves a lot of different things can cause leaves to curl. It really depends on how much they curl as well. Yours sounds pretty extreme because uh, it sounds like, you know, they're actually choking themselves, and that I've never heard of. That could be a, some kind of a deformity uh, or a malady of some kind that really uh, uh, you should look into. I'm, sounds like it could be genetic. Uh, sound, could be water. It could be heat. So it's tough to diagnose, but. Uh, you know, it it'd be, it would be helpful to see how twisted or mangled or deformed those leaves are, because that also uh, can can tell you a lot about what's going on. All right, very good. Sounds like your your plants just don't want to continue on, Chad. It's a little sad, actually, but we hope that helps you out. Um, let's hop over to Patreon. Take a question from Eric, who writes, "Hey guys, I really love the show, and I finally decided to take the leap and join Patreon." Thank you, Eric. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot. We really, I mean, that's really the best way you can support the show is uh, join the Patreon and, and uh, you know, be part of that, that community. Absolutely. Thank you, Eric. Okay, so Eric writes, uh, I'm on my first grow and I've made a bunch of mistakes as expected, but up until last week, it was looking really good. Then the slightly more mature plants started having some changes First, the veins in the uppermost leaves of the main cola started to turn purple from base to tip. Uh, that was followed by a yellowing of the leaves and then brown-black spots on the top side. The spotting has progressed very slowly, and I tried adjusting the issue by going up to 2 milliliters per liter of CalMag, since it looks like a calcium deficiency to me. That slowed the progression, but it did not stop it, so I decided to get a nice pH pen and flush with recharge. I fed each uh, one liter of water with the recharge, and then an additional half liter with some CalMag. Um, I pH'd it at 6.5 exactly. That stopped the spread for almost 48 hours, but this AM I got additional black spotting on a leaf, which had had very little before. So I would really appreciate any recommendations um, what what would you say here to Eric? What do you think? What's going on? Yeah. Um, so veins turning purple is an interesting issue. And uh, 
it, it really depends because sometimes plants just do that, but most plants don't. And I think that's a phosphorus deficiency personally. So um, treating it with CalMag is not going to really solve it. It'll, it'll bounce back a little bit, but uh, really I think you're going to need phosphorus. The other thing is I would check on your water uh, because sometimes when you uh, misdiagnose a nutrient issue like this, uh, it's not the nutrient issue so much as it is the water. You pH'd it perfectly, but there could be uh, contaminants in the water that you know you might need reverse osmosis, distilled water, something like that. It's really um, sometimes spotting and yellowing and uh, vein discoloration can be caused by just bad water. And I've seen it time and time again where people have you know, fretted and fretted over deficiencies and added newts and, and the, the problem persists. And a lot of times once they do a survey of their water and they actually figure out, you know, uh, that there's these contaminants there and they switch and reverse to, you know, RO, uh, water or distilled water, uh, the problems go away. Uh, so I would check your, check on your water for sure. And, uh, also look into adding phosphorus if it's not a water issue. All right, there you go. We hope that helps you out there, Eric. Um, that is all the time we have, but uh, we are going to continue the grow and uh, the grow Q&A over on Patreon and uh, take a question on how exactly to break into this cannabis industry that we've all heard so much about. But we thank Eric and everyone else who wrote in this week. Once again, if you have a question that you would like answered on the show, get in touch with us. Email us, that would be info at growbudyourself.com and get us on socials, uh, Patreon, YouTube, Facebook, etc. What do you say we take a little break, come back and wrap this one up? Let's do it. All right, we are back and I believe it is time to wrap up the show. Uh, episode number 60 of Grow Bud Yourself. Uh, so happy to have uh, Rick Thompson and Jamie Lowell on and talking about Michigan and what's going on there. Uh, again, thank you to Mario uh, from I Bud You. Uh, just really uh, a tale of, of, you know, building up and, and breaking down and building back up again. And um, thank you for your activism and, and hard work. Uh, thanks to Rocket Seeds. Thanks to Sweet Leaf Plant Nutrients. Thanks to Excelsior Extracts. Check out their THC infused pain relief rub. And speaking of our sponsor, Rocket Seeds, they are running a sale right through the 4th of July. Uh, they have a code RKSJ20, which is good for 20% off orders until July 4th. And five free seeds, all one word, the number five and then F-R-E-E-S-E-E-D-S is good for five free seeds until the 4th of July. So check out rocketseeds.com and uh, yeah, vapor.com. We got a, a, a new uh, Grow Bud Yourself uh, promo code from them as well. Uh, that is Grow Bud Yourself 20. That's a coupon code for actually 20% off uh, site-wide on vapor.com. That includes a ton of amazing vaporizers and accessories. So uh, check out vapor.com and use that code GrowBudYourself20. Uh, a lot of new stuff coming from them as well, and our collaboration has expanded, so that's pretty rad. Uh, thank you to all our Patreon supporters. Check out patreon.com slash Danny Danko, and please join up. Uh, my birthday is coming up this Sunday. 
uh, July 4th, the best gift you can get me is to join our Patreon page uh, for as little as $4.20 a month. That's about 50 bucks a year, but it really goes a long way to support our independent cannabis podcast. So thank you so much to you guys for listening and sticking it out uh, with us for 60 episodes. We'll be back next week with uh, another episode as well. Uh, we've got a great show in store for you guys then. And uh, Mike, do you got any uh, anything to say to the people? I got nothing. <laughs> All right. Well, hey. Uh, I got, oh, I got happy birthday, Danko. Born on the 4th right. of July, Mr. Independence. Yep. <laughs> I'm turning 49, the big 4-9. So, uh, uh, yeah. yeah, when you're celebrating out there, light one up, uh, light one up for the Danko. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I guess the ninth inning has uh, rounded third (laughs) in a weird mixed metaphor. And it's coming home, and I say let's put it in the books.